Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand for a healthier planet. As always, I'm your host, Giles Smith, and this week we go a little further afield and we cross the waves to the US for our founder interview. McKenna Haas is a young Canadian entrepreneur building a sustainable activewear brand called C of E. Now, activewear is an immensely crowded marketplace with giants like Under Armour and 2XL and Lululemon and countless others, not to mention a raft of yoga specialist brands, which is the space that McKenna started in just in 2020. The fact that in the face of that competition, she's seen significant success already and indeed been able to secure venture funding to scale her brand suggests she's doing some things really, really well. Now, looking from the outside, I had a fair idea that the magic was in the way that she's leveraging her sustainability-oriented brand story. Some of you may know that we've recently completed a huge marketing effectiveness assessment of over 500 sustainable brands and ranked them all according to how well we think they're communicating to the marketplace. Despite being a small fish in a very large activewear ocean, McKenna's brand CV came in the top 10, which immediately tells us that she's really doing a great job of slicing up her message so that it's effective in the customer journey. But I was excited to chat with her on the show to hear from the founder herself about how important she thinks story is and how she's leveraging that story to drive growth in everything from building social following all the way through to sales. What follows, I think, is a really unique insight into how this sustainability story thing can be leveraged, not just on the store, but in attracting influencers, investors, building a community. So with that, let's start the show. Kenna Haas, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Giles. Happy to be here. Well, Joe, this is a great moment for me for several reasons. Uh, the first one is, I think, that you are the first brand out of the States that we've interviewed on the show, which is exciting. So another first, ticking off the box of sustainable e-commerce is very, very cool. But more importantly than that, a little secret that I want to share with you, which is that over the past year, We've been drilling into the marketing practices of sustainable brands to really understand what does and doesn't work. And we've been structuring things and we've got uh, this, this ranking index of all the brands that we've looked at and examined, over 500 brands now. And your brand came up as number six in the index. So you're literally in the top 10. And what that means is the way that you're structuring the marketing, the way that you're telling your story is one of the most effective that we've seen in terms of what you do and where, how you do it in the customer journey. So congratulations on that. But as a result, I knew that I wanted to have you in the show to talk about what you're doing and your amazing brand. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. That's great. Number six. Love to hear it. Woohoo. Very cool. That, that's quite hard to do to get into the top 20 because there are some really amazing brands in there. So, so good job. But let's backtrack a bit, McKenna. Can you tell us a little bit about your backstory? How did you... What's your story? How did you come to found C of E? Well, I would say it really stems from my passion and love for the ocean. I started C of E out of my dorm room, actually, back in 2020. But my love for the ocean really started when I was a kid. And I actually pinpointed that back to being first impacted by the plastic pollution problem when I was 12 years old. And that's when the Fukushima earthquake actually created a tsunami 
And that brought decrees all the way from Japan. And it, it actually ended up on my local shorelines on the West Coast of Canada. So I'm actually originally from Vancouver Island. And I've, I'm now based in the U.S. Yeah. But originally, CV started as a Canadian brand. We're now based in the U.S. I'm moving to Boston, actually, um, next week, which I'm excited about. But basically, I, I remember seeing this video in the news when I was 12. And I actually remember seeing the Japanese lettering from all overseas and these locals on our shorelines on the West Coast of Canada um, picking it up. And I'm like, how the heck did that travel from? Like, I just remember being this 12 year old thinking this was so fascinating. And I dug into it more. I remember there being like this video I created for school project in middle school. And I, I posted it on YouTube and it's still on YouTube of me doing research on the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And since then, CUVs definitely evolved from that kind of passion of this plastic pollution problem. And it's just me wanting to make an impact, not only as like a solo person, but now as a business owner. So that's really where my passion is. So CUV is a, it's a sustainable activewear apparel company on a mission to make waves, not waste. And what I mean by that is we actually spin recycled plastics into each one of our pieces. And then we physically remove one pound of waste from our shorelines with every single purchase of our apparel. And on top of that, we just partnered with the coral gardeners and we are actually now planting corals back into the ocean. So 1% of our profits now go to coral reef restoration as well. Amazing. I, I love that. As a keen diver and underwater naturalist, um, planting corals uh, really gets me excited as well. I love I love the thought of that. Uh, I mean, you've got such a beautiful brand now in terms of the impact that you're creating. And you mentioned there that you were collecting a pound of uh, plastic bottles or a pound of plastic from the ocean every time you you sell one of you or orders. Can you tell us a little bit about how that, how that works? How are you actually doing that? Right. So we actually, we partnered with the Plastic Bank. Uh, they're a company out of Vancouver as well. And they're able to record our impact in a transparent way. Um, we've actually diverted over 300, well, we're close to 300,000 plastic bottles from our shorelines through our cleanup initiatives. What, what they've done a really good job of is actually revealing the value that single-use plastic has. Mm. And they're doing it in a really great way of actually improving life of locals in third world countries where they can actually go in and exchange plastic waste at uh, local collection centers. So they'll, they can go out, collect from their shorelines, bring back the waste, it's weighed, and then they're paid in the, their local currency or in local resources for bringing that in. And it's just, it's, it's a way that we can um, basically track that we're actually physically removing that one path of waste. So you essentially sponsor that activity as part of that. So, you know, donation from each order goes towards the plastic bank. They go and do the collection and then they record it and transparency report back to you. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. And are you using the stuff they collected as part of your supply chain at all? Or is that is that kind of kind of separate? No, it's separate right now. I, I do. My goal in the future not to complicate things, but my goal in the future is to actually partner with ocean cleanup organizations or to start my own not-for-profit. And actually the plastics we're collecting are what are spun into our apparel. Mm. Uh, but that's that's future planning. But 
that's kind of where my brain's going for the future of C of E right now. Yeah, I love the circularity and the circular thinking of that. That's it's um, it has aside from anything else, there's a there's a beautiful story to that, which I think would be amazing if you could actually achieve it. But you're already doing so much, you know, that, that kind of qualifies you if there is such a thing to be called a sustainable brand. Um, can you talk us through the way that you think about that and some of the things that you are doing consciously to make your brand a more sustainable f- uh, place to buy from? Yeah. So, well, firstly, once again, our, our activewear is actually made from recycled plastic bottles that are certified RPT. So we actually take recycled plastic bottles, chop them down into flake, chip them in fiber, and then it's that soft recycled fiber that's spun into our apparel. Uh, we also, to me, it's so important that we have great manufacturing partners. So we have like GOT certification um, uh, to make sure that they're, they're it's organic cotton and yeah. just all the proper certifications in place through our manufacturing partners. And what else are we doing? We partnered with um, no, issue, uh, no Issue Eco Alliance. So we make sure that everything arrives in bio, biodegradable bags. What else? Sustainability. Uh, oh, partnership soon. Um, we are partnering with 40s and their take back bag. So talking about like the circular revolution. Um, so we'll actually have that on our store where customers, they'll pay $20 for a take back bag, but they're given a $20 credit to see of e, and they can put any they, you can seriously fill this bag up with 15 pounds that can include any sort of textile. So it could be your old C of E's. Um, we hope that they'll last you longer than that. We do make our products to last. Yeah. But you, you can do any sort of textiles, socks, underwear, sheets, pillowcases, towels, linens, um, shirts with stains on it that you can't donate to Goodwill. Um, you can put it in the bag and it'll be sent back and then you'll give in a CFE credits for our website to purchase something. Yeah. So many activities there that you've you've consciously stitched together. I mean, I think it's fantastic. And it certainly it certainly qualifies you holistically for the, the title of, of one of the most sustainable brands that we've seen. But you make what you actually make, of course, in case anyone's not familiar, is, is active wear. And that's a tough space, I would have thought, because there's a million and one active wear brands and some behemoths in there as well. So how important do you think this whole story of sustainability is to your success and growth? Has it, has it featured as a major kind of uh, part of the story for you from your customer's point of view? Obviously, it's your story, but is do the, your customers resonate with you? Do you think that's why you're you're growing so well? I think that they're, I do think people resonate and they are, like our, our target market is definitely looking for more sustainable options within the activewear and athleisure market. And activewear is a hard market. It, it is. We are such a small fish in the whole scheme of things. The fact that we've been able to make any sort of waves or make a make an impact in any way, like to me, I'm still like, oh my gosh. But we're actually just because it is such a, it, it's pretty saturated. Like I am moving actually more into um, athleisure lifestyle apparel as well as swimwear, hopefully 
soon as well. So, ah, yeah, that seemed like it might have been an inside, a uh, little inside scoop there, which is exciting. Might be a little inside scoop. Excellent. Yeah. I love that. Well, thanks for sharing that part. Yeah. So what are you doing essentially then to grow your brand at this stage? Obviously, you're looking at, at broadening your product lines out, which is a smart move. But of all the ways that you could deploy strategies into your business to actually see it grow, what are you what are you doing that you think is working best for you at the moment? So I feel like once again, I'll probably just talk a bit more about my ambassador program. We have this amazing collective of C of E customers that are they're yogis, they are sustainable strategists, they're ocean advocates, we have snorkelers, scuba divers, they really love C of E's mission and brand and um they're promoting that on their social media and they have affiliate codes and they then are getting their immediately once they purchase, they're posting about themselves wearing C of E on their adventures. Then their followers are then going and purchasing from C of E and it's kind of created this nice organic flow of customers um, and continuous. And that's worked. Um, Also just, I've done a lot of cold calling. Uh, to yoga studios and boutiques. Like that's how I was able to really bootstrap this thing and um, get it into studios. And now the yoga instructors are wearing C of E and now they're brand ambassadors for C of E and they're telling their customers that, you know, this is made from recycled plastics and I removed one pound of waste from the ocean with this purchase. So now, now these are more brand ambassadors and it's in store so people can actually feel and touch the fabrics, which are very buttery soft. And that's been another great kind of organic way of growing. Now, Instagram, I would say, is like our main social media platform. We've had success. Um, We're really only starting to dive into some solid paid ads this month, actually, on Instagram and Facebook. Everything else has been very much organic growth, Um, collaborating with other sustainable brands. We're on other sustainable marketplaces. That's another great way um, to get brand awareness organically. Also doing like commission split opportunities. So that's very cool what you said there. And I want to just take a couple of steps back to the first thing you said, which was around affiliates and essentially brand ambassadors, because I've seen so many brands try to do that. And it just not work because, uh, you know, the stories uh, vary from, oh, they just took my stuff and they never posted or they, you know, we just didn't get any sales from it. It didn't, you know, even though they did post, nothing happens. So can you sort of go a bit deeper on that and tell us what you've done? I mean, I saw, well, one thing I, I want to say, because I think I love the, the fact that you mentioned in there explicitly that your your ambassadors were essentially all in line with the sustainability part of it in many ways, you know, the divers that, and even, even the yoga people are talking around the fact that there's a story there. It's not just another set of uh, athleisure or active wear. And so there's obviously that element to it, which, which has to be considered as part of the success story, but are, are there other things that you're doing to make that strategy really effective that you think you could, you could share as tips? I think that they, I, I think it just once again goes down to like this community building and they feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And that's why I wanted to create C yeah. in the first place. And we have this Facebook page that is, it's really engaged with these ambassadors. So 
We'll run some competitions too, where they have the opportunity to win free gear. Don't get me wrong. I have done some influencer send outs and they have not posted. So there is definitely that. I mean, that's that's inevitably going to be the same. For, you know, not everyone's going to work. Not every no, not every influencer no. is going to do their thing, right? I mean, that's that's fair. No, but the ambassador program is a bit different because ambassadors are actually buying in. Their first purchase, they get 50% off and then they're given their commission codes. So they're actually buying in okay. to the products as well. So are you saying that you ask people to come and be ambassador if they'd like to be and then they buy into the program? Or are they people that you that have bought from you and then you've invited them to come in are they customers first or 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 are they are they influencers first a little mix of both actually so i have seen some customers uh that are yoga instructors that have transitioned over to becoming ambassadors because they they like the brand and they could um see their their customers essentially um from their classes purchasing it and then they could make a commission right um yeah but also just through some directly targeted ad campaigns on instagram uh for mostly just picking pinpointing ocean lovers ocean advocates uh sustainability um with a basically a very specific uh 50 off your first purchase and um you can make commission basically i I can send it to you after my acting team strategy and that's i actually i haven't ran those ads in over a year but that's what i ran my first year of the business was just that that campaign so that was actually a very explicit um ad campaign to attract ambassadors rather than a phone call by phone call outreach type process correct very much specific to growing the ambassador program yeah Yes. That's awesome. That's an awesome tip. Well, and what a great strategy too. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. And I, I mean, now we're, I'm looking at diving into TikTok. I actually just hired um, TikTok social media manager today. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's a whole nother animal social media wise. It truly is. It's <laughs> its own beast for sure. And, and you know, as, as I'm sure your TikTok person will tell you pretty soon, like it's an entirely different strategy to anything else. I mean, yes, okay, there might be video, but it's entirely different type of video, entirely different marketplace, entirely different strategy. So they they will no doubt have you in good hands with that. So yeah, but it's exciting. And then and then what what really impressed me then though that you did say that you did the hard yards perhaps back in your college days even of phoning around yoga studio to yoga studio to try and get so how did that conversation go? How did you approach that? That's a great question. So a lot of those conversations so I, I had a four kind of, I, I laid out a series of four emails that I would send out. And the first email was kind of like an intro to the brand. If you haven't heard of us, this is who we are. The second email, if they didn't respond to me immediately was, hey, did you see my message? Would love to chat. Very basic. Third, third email along the same lines of a fact about um, our sustainability and our ocean cleanup initiatives. And that's when people would typically respond back or no, we're not interested, but typically I do get responses. And then the four would be like that kind of like breakup email I would do if nobody responds. But um, I did get lots of responses um, as we are here today. And we have been in over over 50 yoga studios now. Um, my goal this year is to be in 100 in the US. And the conversations once, so basically the whole goal is to get studio owners on the phone so that I can explain to them 
really our conversation we had at the begin the beginning, like, hey, my name is McKenna, I'm founder. First off, it's you can create that instant connection with another yes. business owner. They get it, right? Totally. And um, you know, I started C of you in college. Um, I've been a year out now and my goal is, has been to get C of E into uh, this many yoga studios, whatever it was. And at C of E, we spin recycled plastics into each one of our pieces. And it's basically just my pitch. We remove one pound of waste from the ocean and every purchase, one, um, 1% of our profits also go to coral reef restoration. Yeah. And um, we've had lots of success with boutiques in coastal locations specifically because it's just that automatic there's an immediate connection to the ocean yeah get it yeah and yoga studios that are also coastal based so yeah that's that's kind of been a hot spot for us that i definitely plan to double down on giles just jumping in here again with a quick aside no matter where you are in your journey to grow your brand for a healthier planet there's one area of impact that all e-commerce brands share and that's shipment packaging it's imperative that the customer's order arrives in perfect condition you already know if your stuff arrives damaged that's a bad user experience it ends up in profit sucking refunds or replacements and the damaged items will likely end up in landfill but how much thought have you given to the fact that your shipment packaging is actually usually a highly overlooked part of the overall customer experience? In many cases, it will be the very first physical interaction someone has with your brand. With sustainability, the war on waste, and the single-use plastic problem being front of mind for almost all consumers now, the last thing you want is for that first impression of your brand to be dominated by frustration with how your products are packaged. That's why I'm so excited to be partnering with our friends at Heaps Good Packaging on the show. They provide a range of very cost-effective, eco-friendly, compostable shipment packaging from simple mailers through fillers, tapes, labels, and post-pack boxes. And with that all-important first impression in mind, they can also help you with custom-printed packaging as well to really elevate your brand experience. Head over to heapsgoodpackaging.com.au and use code PACKLIKEABOSS to get 10% off site-wide. Okay, back to today's discussion. So just to summarize your approach to hooking influencers, it was to identify the yoga studios, target them with kind of cold email outreach until you got them to bite and then follow up with a phone call to try and convert them to do what exactly? What's the next? Do they actually stock the product in their studio or do they do they get involved as an ambassador first? What does that process kind of look like? So mostly what actually I'm basically we would do opening wholesale orders, which we still do too. Um, and really I just send them out my catalog book yep. and we'll go through them and they'll pick and choose which products they'd like to bring into studio. Um, I've also done some co-collabs where we've actually, um, gone to print with, uh, studios or gyms or we've also done some other brands, uh, logo work, um, on our apparel. And that's something I'm looking to do more kind of collaborative partnerships with this year actually one of the things i love about the sustainable brands industry if, if you can call it an industry it's sort of a loose collective of people that are on the on a purpose-driven mission i suppose but one of the things i love about that is the openness and willingness to work together because we're all on the same agenda whereas i've never seen that in any other space you know everyone else is kind of 
uh, cautiously friendly, but not but much less willing to interact with each other, you know, <laughs> whereas whereas sustainable brands, I think, are much more open to go. Yeah, let's do this because they can see the mutual benefit in, you know, not just our yeah. own growth, but in the in the in the health of the planet as well, which I, which I love. So I think it's a very smart strategy. Yeah, we're all in it together. And I think that's another really great strategy, too, is uh, collaborative apparel collection to yeah. influencers, too. Like that is something that I'm definitely interested in exploring in as well. And other brands that's kind of popped off in the past year, I would say, is brands um, exploring collaborative opportunities with major influencers. And maybe that's a profit split opportunity, but they, it really aligns with each other's story and mission. And um, it'll boost both their following. So it's a win-win scenario yeah and i think that's very important with every collab right go in with with how can we make a win-win here you know rather than how can i get something out of this relationship it's got to be a win-win otherwise it won't work so i love the way you're thinking about that already so you started three years ago was that right 2020 when you launched 2020 yeah 2020 yeah yep. so you i mean it's a fairly young brand a tremendous success in that time but then you got going and then of course wham covid came along <laughs> how was that journey for you over in the states like how how did you how did you navigate those waters covid actually hit a week after cw launched oh my goodness yes you must have been just burying your head going why me <laughs> so it was like oh shit <laughs> um but hindsight is a beautiful thing um as you know we, ch we chatted earlier um i was taking a ridiculous amount of courses. I was full out in my, I was advertising an integrated communications major, but I was also en route to finishing my MBA at the same time. And I was also competing as an NCAA division one rugby player. And I decided I wanted to launch CUV at the same time. And I was totally naive when I first launched the business. And COVID is actually what allowed me to go home regroup. I didn't have rugby. I could take my classes virtually and I was able to just really work out my business strategy and pave my path forward. So COVID was kind of like, it, it was it, it was good for me, I would say. I, I like to look at the positive of, of it. Um, from a business standpoint, I was firstly, um, I started by shipping CUVA right out of my my friend's dorm room, actually, because it was larger and it was off campus. That allowed me because I was pitching in business competitions all through college and through that, um, through a virtual business competition during COVID, I was connected to a lady named Susan Odin and she uh, started a fulfillment company for businesses uh, doing good. And I was able to actually transition. So this is when I was had to leave the US to go back to Canada. I'm like, oh my God, I can't ship out my products. It was just like very fluking weird time. I was able to send my products to her in Minnesota. And now to this day, she still does my fulfillments for me. So that was another win-win uh, scenario um, because of COVID. And it kind of, I feel like it fast-tracked things and it allowed me to put all my energy into e-commerce versus yeah. um, a lot of my strategy um, in college, when I first launched CV, like we were supposed to be part of like the Boston Marathon, we were going to do like a yoga festival series and do in person pop up events, but it allowed me to like really put all my time and energy into building out our social, our ambassador program, influencer relationships. Um, and that's where my energy honestly needed to go to from the start. Um, so yeah. it was a beautiful thing. I was able to pitch to large major retailers. I uh, can't really 
say who those are yet, but we've got some really, really cool collaborations in the work. Um, and I've been in communication with them since 2021 and things are just evolving now. So is the speed of that because of the challenges around COVID and then lockdowns and then not lockdown and then the, the and then the whole cycle of new normals that we're in? Or is that because you are a new startup brand and people are nervous about working with you as a result of that? Or what what do you think what do you put down to that length of kind of cycle? I think for me I'm a perfectionist and these are really big partnership deals and I want to make sure that they are perfect. Yeah. I know not everything's perfect, but I wanted to complete my first fundraise to make sure I could actually um, get behind these potential um, orders and to have the team in place to make sure that they're actually successful and it's not just me. So I've I, I wanted to make sure I've, I've built out this team to be in place, which it is now, slowly but surely, and um, so that those collaborations will be a, a large success. And I think also sometimes when you're dealing with large corporations, one in particular, it's just sometimes it actually does. I've talked to a lot of other CEOs and they're like, nope, that's pretty accurate. Two years sounds about right to get a a deal done with with somebody like that. So, yeah, I feel like that's I feel like it's a mix of both probably to answer your question. Yeah, Good insights. And of course, you mentioned you mentioned funding there. And one thing that, you know, often at least first time uh, brand owners get stuck on is just how much cash is required to grow an e-commerce brand. You know, I mean, if you've been doing it for a while, you know, it's a, it's a cash flow hog until you, until you've reached a certain stage and you can start taking cash out of the business and, and calling that profit that you've saved uh, because of the growing okay. inventory needs. Right. So how have you financed that through the whole process? I mean, you started from your dorm room. Uh, how did you take it uh, from there to where you are today with um, acquiring funding for it? That's once again, another great um, why COVID was a positive for me in this situation. I actually, I signed up to a ton of business competitions and I was able to pitch in business competitions in college and raise funds that way. I also did a friends and family round. So to date, it's been bootstrapping um, up until this, well, last month, I completed my first uh, pre-seed race for COB. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. And we... I've been able to build out a really dynamic advisory board team to to lean on for um, advice and mentorship because I am young. I don't know it all. And I think that um, if you can lean on some industry lumineers to help guide you, why wouldn't you uh, bring them onto your team? So Absolutely. So you've got an advisory board in place. So what does that look like for you? Wow, it's a great question because we have our first meeting on March 15th, so to be determined. But I have brought in um, both my first advisor is Travis York, who's a CEO out of Boston, and he has started multiple different businesses, um, including a shoe e-commerce brand. Uh, and his industry experience, I think, will be massive and helping C of E with kind of like that next phase beyond just me running the show. Yeah. Um another lady named Ethel Anderson. She is high up at, at Google within the retail space. And she has come on board. She she loves C of E's mission and um, was actually started as a C of E customer. So that's kind of cool. And 
Dylan DeGenero. He is taking over C of these media side of things. So we're actually rolling out a Make Waves. We have the Instagram Make Waves now. And that's going to be all about the plastic pollution problem and education around that. And we're also rolling out another Instagram page called, we, we haven't gotten it yet, but we're thinking of it's going to be something like Sea Life. And it's all going to be about um, Sea Life, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just another um, marketing opportunity for us to, to build following um, in other ways. And eventually, um, those accounts will be turned into our not-for-profit that we're planning on. What was your approach to recruiting those people? Did you go through a, like an advisory board center or something, or did you reach out to each of them individually? No, so I was actually very fortunate. My university, Quinnipiac, um, two board of trustee members um, heard what I was doing when I was in college, and they reached out to me uh, on LinkedIn, Rob Potter and Chexia, and they have been very, very helpful in connecting me and opening doors to uh, investors as well as building out that advisory board. And they've been great mentors to me. Impressive story. You've done so many things. You continue to do so many things for such a young brand and you're having such a brilliant impact. It's almost hard to ask what's next, but what do you <laughs> think is next? And what's exciting you if you haven't already covered it that's coming up over the next 12, 18 months? I think, well, I can kind of give you that hint. There's going to be some new product launches, which I'm very excited about. Always fun. Um, lots of different collaborative opportunities as well happening. We are like my my social social lead and contract-based hire, um, Annie McIntosh, she, she's just joined the team also. Our goal is just to go hard with collaboration like we talked about earlier. So yeah. there's just going to be lots of different collaboration. Hopefully, my goal by 2025 is to remove 1 million pounds of waste from our shorelines. So just more impact. Uh, we recently launched our Make Waves Not Waste uh, anniversary capsule. So that actually has our trademark and slogan on our apparel. And pretty excited about that. Yeah. And swimwear potentially swimwear yeah yeah Renew. yeah yeah not confirmed not <laughs> confirmed by anyone but uh just secret insider <laughs> tips here maybe yeah yeah i feel like it's just every, like things are moving at such a fast pace right now that question is so hard to answer yeah. because there's just so much going on i'm literally meeting with my lead designer next week to talk about uh new designs for a uh, corporate apparel partnership there's just so much going on right now yeah um but lots of exciting things and definitely worth the follow along on our journey as we as we grow. So with that, where do people follow along with your journey, uh, McKenna? Where do they go and get your products and how do they follow you? So our website is seav.com, S-E-A-A-V.com. And that is short for seeing a vision. And our Instagram handle is seavision. And that's on Instagram. Facebook and TikTok. I love it. Well, thank you, McKenna, so much for spending your generous your time generously with us today. It's been really fascinating and 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 wonderful uh, chatting with you and exploring some of the strategies that you're using to grow your brand. And you know, I I, I am somewhat in awe 
of what you've achieved in just in just three years through what was can only be described as a tricky period uh but the impact you're having already the waves you're making already is is astonishing and really and really inspiring so thanks again for for joining us on the show today thanks for having me giles and thanks for spreading light on sustainable brands back to giles again for my top takeouts and my first is just how literally everything this brand does is congruent and aligned with its purpose, even down to how the brand name CAV is short for Sea of Vision of a Cleaner Future. They make active wear from recycled pet, and every item sponsors the removal of a pound of plastic from shorelines via their partner's plastic bank, who incidentally are my guests on the show next week. That simple message of make waves, not waste, a hashtag they own, is consistent across their socials, their content, their sales funnels, their post-purchase experience, reinforcing their brand message at every step and helping with brand recall. You heard from McKenna just how important the sustainability story has been in helping her carve out growth, especially in the face of gigantic brands who can beat her on price and marketing spend and reach every hour of the day. It's enabled her to connect with business owners in yoga studios and gyms. And sure, it doesn't resonate with everyone, but that's not the point. She's recognized that it resonates really strongly with potential partners in coastal areas. And perhaps most importantly, it provides the core around which to build her brand community, which is exploring even more through content series on sea life and other things. That same story has also brought her investors and mentors and brand collaborators and big retail partners. So I'd like to say thanks again to McKenna for joining me today and sharing her insights into how the sustainability story has shaped and enabled her growth. I also want to thank my sponsors, Heaps Good Packaging, for helping me make this podcast sustainable too. I'll be back again next week with more stories from the world of sustainable e-commerce. So until then, keep building your brand for a healthier planet.